We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizapia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host. It's Friday. It's a fun Friday. Well, it's fun if you're not a uh, Houston Texans fan. That's, that's, it's, it's no fun for them at all. Uh, this was um, you know, a, a crushing blow yesterday to the Houston Texans, losing Deshaun Watson. We were going to fade away from him anyway this week because the price was so high. Now you got Tom Savage, and unfortunately, all the other guys still priced very high. But I, I can't think of a better person to help me sort this out than the one, the only, John McKechnie. Johnny M., how are you, my friend? Doing great, man. I mean, uh, that the, uh, the Watson news, though, is probably like – it's got to be the biggest bummer of the fantasy season, and this season's been full of them, so – we're trying to get through it here. We're starting the healing process. That's right. We're going to go through the stages of grief, just like we went through with uh, Joe Bartell when Aaron Rodgers went down. We'll, we'll try to talk you through it. But here, here's another reason why you should be playing Daily Fantasy instead of season-long NFL, because Amen. this is just a crusher. Look, it's not a horrible crusher in the season-long single quarterback league because there have been, there been guys who have underperformed, like Rivers, like Mariota, like Roethlisberger, you get in trades potentially or pick up a Josh McCown off the waiver wire after another decent game from him. But, you know, at a certain point, you know, those super flex league with the two quarterbacks, I mean, uh, this kills you. You know, it doesn't kill people as much as Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers is one where you made the draft capital investment. Watson right. was the waiver wire grab of the year. Uh, fortunately, it's all gone south. But luckily – We don't have to deal with that because we are daily fantasy. So let's get at it. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. And let's start with the remaining guys at the top of the board. Russell Wilson coming off a huge game against uh, the Houston Texans last week. Uh, He's at home against Washington. New Orleans at home with Drew Brees. And, of course, Prescott at home, 8,200 against Kansas City. Uh, Now, i got to tell you, I think my favorite of these three is actually Prescott. I could see Prescott having to be relied on a lot more with Elliott out. Also, on the flip side of this one, John, I imagine that Kansas City is going to put up a fair amount of points in this one. I like the total potential in this one of points. 
So I feel like Dak's going to have to be aggressive, and that's good news for fantasy points. I can also make the case for Breeze at home. He has yet to have one of those big Drew Breeze games. Can he do it against Tampa? I mean, Tampa seems to be the perfect matchup to have a vintage 354 touchdown game, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, not only is this a defense he's familiar with, but he's at home. And like you said, this is a Tampa Bay secondary that's really, it's been really, really bad this year. I mean, it's 31st, according to DVOA, against the pass alone. Um, so obviously, uh, they can be gotten through the air. Um, so I like, I like Breeze a lot from this tier. I see your reasoning on Prescott. Um, as well. But what would you think of going on the other side of that with Alex Smith at 7,900? To me, that's the tournament play. And okay. I say that because the ownership will be lower, but I, th- and I, th- I think for that very reason, I, you know, it's only a $300 difference. If Smith was 7,500, you know, I could say, all right, well, you know, maybe he'll float for both and you could pay up at a lot of spots at running back, for instance, in cash games. But you know, the problem with Smith is I always feel like he's, more likely to have two times and three times value. And I look at Prescott, and I think Prescott's a guy you can float in both tournaments and in cash. Smith, if you're just trying to play ownership, there's a spot there for him. And I'll tell you what, the rest of the tournament QB slate is kind of rough. Jared Goff is the only other guy at 7,600 that comes to mind because with Jenkins out, coming off a bye against the Giants, to me there's opportunity here for him. Uh, you know, he's had some decent outings. He's also had some single, you know, nine point kind of performances as well. You're t- right. taking a risk here. But th- after that, I don't know about you, but can you make a case for anybody else that's exciting to you from an ownership slash uh, performance standpoint? Um, I, I really don't think so. You know, if Fournette is back, then the flip the script or the script is flipped back to normal for uh, Jacksonville. So, you know, we're going to go back to seeing Blake Bortles throw it, you know, 15 times maybe. Um, going against the Bengals on the other side of that, you know, Dalton going against the best secondary in the league that also just got, you know, an elite stopper in Marcel Darius before the bye week. Uh, so I'm not using Dalton at all. I mean, Cousins is going to be very lowly owned, but, um, you know, I, I think that last week the 38 points put on Seattle was more about Watson than it was about Seattle's defense. Um, so I think Cousins is going to struggle as well. So, yeah, it's really, really tough to go uh, below. It's tough to go below Smith, but yeah, after golf, I think it really, really dries up. Yeah, I don't hate Cousins this week because I had imagined that they'll continue to be aggressive and they still have no running game to speak of. So I think from the sheer volume, I just worry about the turnovers for Cousins and that kind of hurting his point total, which will eventually hurt your pay line uh, opportunities as well. You know, you got Jake Cutler coming back. You got some new guys coming in. You got Osweiler playing this week. You got Savage. Uh, there's going to be a sentiment with some people who do multiple lineups or they want to try one. I would stay away from it. I don't think the $6,000 Tom Savage is the, is the investment you want to make. No, that you're just, you're just, uh, you know, throwing your lineup away at that point. I don't care what the matchup is. It's Tom Savage at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go over to the running backs here. Uh, Todd Gurley top of the board at 9,100 Kareem Hunt at nine K Elliot, as you mentioned out on suspension, then you got four net at 86. So that's your top grouping here. For me, this one's easy. For the price, return on investment, it's Leonard Fournette. He's got the extra week with the bye after missing a week with the ankle injury. He's been a full participant in practice. This is a guy that scored in, oh, wait, let me guess, every single game but one against the Jets this year. And actually, that was a receiving touchdown, so he scored in that game as well. I mean, this guy just finds the end zone, and he is this offense. And for me, I'd rather pay 8600 for the the complete focal point of the offense then pay up for a potential good matchup for Hunt 
or a potential good matchup for even $500 more for Gurley. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, Gurley is – I'm kind of surprised that he's the, the highest-priced running back this week. I think, you know, some of that is just by virtue of, uh, A, the suspension, and then, B, uh, Le'Veon Bell being on a bye this week. Um, so, yeah, Fournette – for all those reasons you mentioned, really make it makes a ton of sense going against Cincinnati at home. He's well rested, like you said. I, I think I might go Kareem Hunt though. Uh, you know, obviously I just talked about Alex Smith as well, but I like this Chiefs offense to be able to move the ball um, both uh, on the ground and through the air against uh, the Cow- the Cowboys. And I think that you know Hunt can be in- involved in the passing game enough uh, to make it worth it. But you know, the four hundred dollars, I definitely see where, where you're coming from, but. Uh, I think maybe that knocks down Hunt's ownership. So, yeah, it's more um, to separate myself from the pack and go with Kareem Hunt. I think Hunt in the full point PPR would be the more intriguing option of everybody because of – because, in the you know, when you're doing the half, I'm looking for touchdown upside. And, you know, I don't want to knock Kareem Hunt because he's been fantastic, but, you know, the last four games, 14 – excuse me, five games, 14, 13, 13, 13, and then eight against Denver last week, which is a tough matchup. So, you know – those big 20 point, you know, those three games to open the season where it was 43, 24, and 24, it's settled back down to a reasonable place. And at 9,000, I just, you know, even if he just has another one of these games he's been having, that's still less than two times value. And that's why I keep leaning towards Fournette. Let's talk about Mark Ingram, who's, you know, been terrific since the Peterson trade. He's averaging somewhere around 20 points or so. Now, he should have had another 20-point average as well over the last three games, except for the two fumbles, which is a problem. Now, we've seen in the past where Mark Ingram will have the fumbleitis, and the next thing you know, he's on the fumble bench. And that yeah. is a bad, bad situation for Mark Ingram owners, especially in daily. The price has gone up from the 7K, 7,200 range to 79. Are we still fooling around Mark Ingram, or is this a spot where you prefer Kamara or stay away from it altogether with Breeze against the Bucks? I, yeah, I'm probably uh, fading off of Ingram uh, mostly because um, you know I'm going for one of the one of the you know for either Fournette or Hunt. Um, so in, fitting him and Ingram when you can't really punt your quarterback um, as well, and the receiver pool is a little bit dry this week as well. Um, so I, I'm not uh, huge on, on Mark Ingram this week. I think you bring up the good point that the Sean, Sean Payton doghouse for him is very, very real. So I'd probably go the Kamara route if I wanted to get exposure to that backfield. But um, if the Bucks are decent at one thing on defense, it is stopping the run. Um, so I'm probably going to try to avoid Mark, Mark Ingram this week. Yeah, I was going to be on Lamar Miller this week up until uh, the Deshaun Watson news. Now I want nothing to do with any of it. But yeah. I will make a case for Adrian Peterson against the 49ers. With Stanton playing quarterback, I think this is a terrific price at 6800 I think it's very, very fair. Uh, I understand the last game against the Rams was not great. I understand the first game against Tampa was otherworldly. You can just give me something in between. Boom, that's 15 points. That's two times value. And I'm very happy with that against an awful San Francisco 49ers team. So I think he'll get enough opportunity. My guess is he's going to get 20-plus carries in this one. Again, much more similar to the Tampa game. And to me, 20 carries is probably going to equal somewhere around 50 points for Peterson. Yeah, no, I think I think that totally makes sense. Anytime that you can get exposure going against that 49ers defense, I think it, it's a good move. Uh, I know once we get to the receiver, uh, you know, on, the, on the website, Jeff Erickson has Larry Fitzgerald, I think, is like the sixth best uh, receiver play this week. So that that's how highly he thinks of uh, this Cardinals offense, even with 
all those injuries, you know, especially the key spots like Carson Palmer, um, that's still just a really poor San Francisco defense that they can be scored on by basically anyone. So even an aging Adrian Peterson should be able to take advantage of that. Even old man Peterson. That sounds like one of those Scooby-Doo villains. Oh, no. We were going to make the playoffs, but it turns out old man Peterson was behind it the whole time. I would have gotten away with it for your damn kids. Somebody get me the switch. Oh, wait. Too soon? Too soon for the switch reference? No, it's been like three years. I think think the statute (laughs) limitations is okay now. All right. Chris Thompson uh, at Seattle. Uh, that's a tough matchup for him uh, in the full point PPR. I'd like it a little bit more, but I'm going to stay away from it. Uh, Doug Martin, God bless you, but I can't imagine Winston not having to play from behind in this game. So I'm going to stay away from that one. Kamara, I do think is in play though. At 66, that's a pretty good salary for him where, I mean, he's put up double digits for five straight weeks. I feel safe about Kamara. I think he will continue to be involved again, full point and half point PPR setups here i'm all about kamara this week i think the price is right let's go down a little bit further here let's talk about christian mccaffrey because we've talked about how atlanta struggles against these kind of backs who can catch the ball to the backfield we know now benjamin's gone so maybe there's a little bit more volume at 6100 are we making a case for mccaffrey this week or is it just not enough yet where we haven't seen it yet from him i i don't know i'm kind of on the fence to me john i say multiple lineups and tournaments I might have one that's got McCaffrey in it because I see potential here for a big game because of the matchup. But what say you? I get the matchup, but, you know, it goes back to to the first thing you said is what have we seen? And it really hasn't been all that impressive, to be honest. Like it's a high target volume with low output type of, uh, you know, player that you're getting right now out of of McCaffrey. And, um, you know, on the – I think the time that, that Carolina got creative near the goal line and like split him out into the slot and just completely confused Philadelphia, that was like Ron Rivera just having a brain fart that'll never happen again. That, that play was too smart for them to like run all the time. So uh, I just don't like McCaffrey this week. I think it's 6,100 when, when like you have Alex Collins with a guaranteed workload, uh, $200 less than him, or, or some of these other guys even lower. Um, I just I am not on McCaffrey, especially for FanDuel purposes, you know, because uh, – you know, you're only getting half point per catch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Alex Collins this week too. There's another guy, a lot of running backs to decipher this week. You have options. Okay. At running back. I still like Fortnite at the top, but you know, there are tons of options. If you want to go heavy wide receiver or even, you know, pay up a tight end, which we'll get to later in the show or pay up a quarterback the running back. It hasn't been this deep in a couple of weeks. This is a, this is a great opportunity here. And Alex Collins is going to get an opportunity as well. He's going to be the guy here. Matchup is pretty good. I think he's going to get somewhere around, you know, 18, 20 carries again. I, I think he'll find the end zone this week. And at 5,900, I, I love him. And I also love his profile picture here on FanDuel. He looks exactly like that character Dave Chappelle played uh, in Half-Baked. Do you remember when he's trying to sell that guy weed who I, I think is like a rapper or something? <laughs> and he's having all these emotional things and telling him about his emotional problems in his life and his past experiences. He has a real quality in this profile picture of that. I'm just saying. There, yeah, there is that element, and then everyone knows that he also likes Irish dancing, apparently. So, yeah, he's an interesting cat. But um, I love him. I love him. Yeah, he's the gold teeth is where it's at. <laughs> but yeah, he's like you said, he's going to see a ton of carries. I think that the the lack of a touchdown is more of Baltimore trying to get cute or uh, with its running back rotation. I mean, last week I thought he had at least two. Um, red zone carries vultured by Baltimore using Buck Allen at fullback and trying to pull like a misdirection fullback dive uh, that did not work out uh, 
Allen ended up fumbling on one of those. So I don't think Baltimore gets like that again. I think that they'll be more traditional uh, once they get to the red zone and, and just use Collins, like, you know, as they should. So I think he finds the end zone this week as well. And, you know, I think he's a nice, uh, like, RB2 this week, and it allows you to to go up and get a Fournette and a Hunt and still uh, afford things elsewhere too. Uh, is it Sir Smoke a lot, right? Is that the – it's been a while since I've seen half big, man. Oh, so, so good. So, <laughs> that and Dirty Work were those two like underrated <laughs> late nineties, oh. early two thousands movies, where it's just you know not not great movies by any stretch, but they have uh, they have some good moments. That's Absolutely. for sure. Uh, Marlon Mack. Let's talk about him. Fifty seven hundred going into Houston. Um, this is another one too. Another situation that I think it's a little early still but it's one to monitor. I mean, last week was a good week for him because he had the touchdown. The problem is, you know, he's touchdown dependent in order to get the return on investment still. But you could see the numbers trending. You know, he doubled the amount of carries he had. He had equal amount of targets in the passing game almost two weeks, uh, week over week. That's a positive. So I'm not saying this week, but I'm saying Marlon Mack is a guy to watch here going forward. Is there anybody else at running back? Uh, is it a dark wall? At 54, who's a huge price savings? Or anybody else you want to make a case for? Um, I wanted to get your opinion on the on the great Morris or McFadden uh, conundrum. Ugh, gross. Good, uh, good, answer. good answer. Yeah, D- just warn the people that neither of them are good. Well, I mean that that's the problem. It's it's that's not even that neither of them are good. Like I think Morris could probably be good enough if he gets the volume. My trouble is I'm just not confident of the volume. So when we get to a point where in DFS, what are we paying for? We're paying for opportunities. We're paying for talent. We're also for playing. It's the equation of talent plus opportunity equals points equals money, right? Yes. So that's what we're looking for. And it's not a very complicated equation. The problem is people sometimes will look at something like Morris and go, oh, well, he's X number of dollars if he can. And they'll hang themselves on ifs at 5600 Meanwhile, for $300 more, you can have Alex Collins, who there's not much if there for me. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident that Alex Collins is going to do enough to give me 12, 15 points, and he's already got the gig. So why am I trying to screw around with this other guy? So that's, that's to me the problem with that. Do you, you agree with that logic? Is that where you are too? I think so too. And then I think also it needs to be noted that the like the mythical Dallas offensive line, anyone. Can <laughs> with, um, it, it's really it hasn't been that this year. So it, it's not it's not the the easiest plug and play. Like you're not going to get. Uh, anywhere close to even a combined Zeke game from these two. So I, I would avoid that trap. Yeah, and, and it's not – if there weren't guys like Collins, like Mac, like Mixon, if there weren't a lot of guys who were priced in that range, I could see it more as a huge fade from the top of the board all the way down. Okay, but if you don't have to pay up for Le'Veon Bell, you don't have to pay up for – look, if Deshaun Watson were on the slate, and that put Hopkins in play, and I wanted to do a lineup with the two of them, then I might have to do something like Morris. And I, and I think that's, that's where it comes into play only, but now we don't have that problem anymore. And uh, unfortunately, DeAndre Hopkins' ownership probably will be uh, very, very low this week at 9,100. I, I can't imagine a lot of people wanting to pay up for him. I would pay up for Mike Evans, though, at 85, because I do imagine Tampa – Look, he's matchup-proof number one. I don't care how good the Saints' defense is played. As long as Winston's arm is healthy enough. I mean, Mike Evans is a guy that just scores touchdowns, and I, and I just love that. He, he's always going to be a focal point. He's always a good investment. He's a better investment than A.J. Green or Julio Jones or even Doug Baldwin at this point. I still say Mike Evans. That's my favorite top-of-the-board receiver 
What about you? Do you go the same way, or do you make a case for maybe Baldwin this week or, uh, or one of the others? I do like Baldwin. Um, it's hard for me to trust Julio Jones right now, um, just be, not because he's Julio Jones, but just because of Matt Ryan. And also the Carolina defense in a divisional matchup always tends to be a little bit tough. Um, I'm, I'd be worried about using A.J. Green um, going against the Jaguars. I think either side of the field he lines up on, it's going to be trouble. I, it's not that uh, he can't uh, beat who's across from him, but again, it's, it's a Dalton problem that becomes a Green problem. Um, so it, it's this is a tough like top of the board for receivers to to kind of parse out this week, and uh, I get your rationale on Evans and, and the the matchup proof element, but I'd probably go you know down a little bit closer to uh, the seven thousand range or seven. Like, well, look when you once you hit under eight K, we already know Will Fuller's dead to us probably. Sure. So after that, to me, Des Bryant very much in play this week. I keep yep. mentioning playing from you know a, a potential shootout kind of situation. I think Michael Thomas very much in play. Crabtree very much in play. Fitzgerald. The sweet spot is seven to seventy-seven. That's where you can grab two or three of these guys potentially. Yep, that that's exactly how I'm constructing it right now. And you know, I I have Larry Fitzgerald and and Doug Baldwin as my as my like top two receivers, and I went a little bit cheaper uh, elsewhere. But um, I I thought that uh, going that route definitely allows you to kind of load up elsewhere uh, without having to like sacrifice too, too much. Um, so yeah, that, that, that really is the sweet spot this week. Well, look, as you're constructing lineups out there, for those listening, you can start with Prescott, Collins, Fournette, and go Bryant, Thomas, and, and somebody in that 6K range very easily and pay out all the way to tight end to your heart's content very, very easily this week. That That's not hard to do. Uh, let's talk about Tyreek Hill. He is a you know, again, one of those great all-or-nothing guys. Is he in play this week for you in the Dallas matchup in tournaments? Or do you think because, you know, for $100 more or less, you can get a higher floor with a guy like Bryant or Thomas who have, I think, equal ceiling to Hill, that you just kind of fade them all together? I, I tend to fade him in DFS. I do like him in season long. But, yeah, DFS, it's just really, really difficult to predict when he's going to go off. Um, there's not really, like, a lot of telltale signs for the most part usually. Um, so, I mean, they, I guess this is a uh, Cowboys defense that can give up explosive plays. Um, but I think that, you know, like I was saying earlier, I like Kareem Hunt for, for some of that uh, more so this week. So I'm, I'm off of Hill. And, you know, like you said, uh, the floor element, I think that's where, that's where I lean to, to a Michael Thomas or a Larry Fitzgerald. Gosh, you got to love an NFL week where you got Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, uh, Brett Hundley. I mean, this is really, this is great stuff. This is, this is all-time great NFL product we're watching. I mean, did I, oh, wait, Jay Cutler. I knew I was forgetting somebody. I mean, this is really uh, – What is this sport? Yeah. I don't know, but, I mean, really, this is, this is the worst week of quarterbacking I think I've ever seen. I, you, I, I like can't, the fact that you didn't even throw Joe Flacco in there shows how right, bad. Oh, Flacco is one of the safer things. Yeah. It's <laughs> insane. Oh my gosh. So forget about Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to buy the Brock Osweiler thing. I do want to talk about T.Y. Hilton though, because there's been a, a strong sentiment this week. And every week there's been a guy. There's been the, uh, we, we should just call it the squeaky wheel segment because whether it was Melvin Gordon, whether it was Fitzgerald, whether, I mean, it doesn't matter. We've had a bunch of them this year. Every week there seems to be one of them. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins was one early. T.Y.'s been that guy. He's been the squeaky wheel this week, and it's coming from the coaching staff. So for 6,600, I think this is one of the better dart throws of the week because he's not priced completely out of control at all. 
He's not completely cheap. He's right there in that kind of low mid-range. And I think the opportunity is there this week for Indianapolis to be very competitive in this game. What about you? How do you think of T.Y.? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, he is in that price range where it's easy to sort of gloss over him. It's like, oh, he's, uh, he's on Indianapolis with, without Andrew Luck. So uh, it's tough to use a receiver there. Uh, and his, you know, his recent production, um, five catches over the last three weeks, despite a fair bit of targets, um, it, you know, that, that lack of production, I think, is going to turn people off of him. But at the end of the day, it's still uh, T.Y. Hilton, and it's still going against the Texans defense that, you know, if you're going to attack it one way, uh, it would probably be through the air. And like you said, the game script probably calls for Indianapolis throwing it a ton, and Hilton's the best receiver. Uh, I don't care that Jack Doyle had a bit better game uh, last week. I, I'm still riding with Hilton there. So, yeah, 66, I'm sneakily, uh, he's an awesome play this week. All right, Nelson Aguilar and the Eagles as a whole offensively. I know Ajayi is there now. It's a tough matchup against the Denver defense, although Osweiler are certainly going to make it a little bit easier in terms of keeping that defense on the field and tired. But I can't get there unless Ertz was out of this game, which doesn't seem to be the case right now. Uh, I can't get behind any of these guys right now in this spot. I mean, not that I'm, I don't believe in Carson Wentz. I do. I just don't think there's any reason to have to go down that road. I don't like Funchess this week. I don't care if Benjamin's gone. His Dang. trend has not been good. Uh, I'm I'm off of Devin Funchess. Nobody, nobody can sell me on him this week. Deshaun Jackson, I'm also off of this week. I worry about the opportunity is there on paper. I worry about Winston's ability to throw the deep ball with that shoulder. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. And, and you, you know, we did bring up how tough this matchup is earlier, uh, you know, this segment. And for Evans, like, you still can use Evans, but Jackson and, and yeah, what he tends to bring to the table as far as deep down the field, uh, may, you know, you got to be concerned with, with Winston's ability to hit those throws. And, you know, if he does pull uh, Marshawn Lattimore, then that's, a, you know, that's a blanket corner right there. So uh, I would be, I would advise against using him as well. All right, now there are some guys right here around 6,100 and under that I'm actually very intrigued by. And the first one's Devontae Parker. He's healthy, full participant in practice. Uh, the target volume was very strong when he and Cutler were both on the field at the same time. He's back in a very favorable matchup at home against Oakland. I love Devontae Parker this week at 61. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Sammy Watkins, that's the one to me where I think nobody's going to be on. But with Janoris Jenkins out, this might be a real opportunity for Watkins, another guy who's probably been chirping quietly you know, in the locker room. He's not getting enough attention there. And I could see Watkins having a game where it just surprises the hell out of everybody. Uh, I just, it, you know. I oh, it's dangerous. Oh, I, I get it. This is like this is like that, you know, that bridge in Game of Thrones that uh, the, you know, the King Greyjoy guy had to walk across in the storm. It's that kind of dangerous, you know, like. I don't understand why anybody was walking across that bridge, like to get to their bedroom or wherever the hell it was. Yeah, then, you're de definitely living on the edge there for yeah, sure. It's it's that kind of bridge. But go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, if you wanted to move down a little bit further, maybe like an Alan Hearns um, instead of Watkins. I, I'm I'm personally probably not going to get any shares of Watkins this week. Um, I just well, you got a lot of dart throws here. You got yeah. Ginn, you got Brown, you got Richardson, you got Sadu, you got Shepard. All, all of these guys to me, you could just. You know, if you're doing multi-entry, let's say you're putting, you know, let's say you're the kind of person that wants to put five lineups in a tournament, right? And you want to stay in this range. You do one with Parker, you know, one with Shepard, one with, you know, Ginn, however you want to put it, or Hearns. And, and you just play around with that. 
in that combination there, and hopefully you hit with one of them, one of them has a big day. That's that's not a terrible strategy this week because there's just a lot of options, and I'm glad because usually on the Bible we don't get this kind of option. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going down the board, and you're still finding guys that that are viable plays. So that it's a, definitely a nice element uh, for this week's slate, even with those factors you just mentioned. All right, over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RotoWire and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes. With your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash RotoWire, void where prohibited. On to tight end, Zach Ertz dealing with a hamstring. But I think we can all agree at 7K, Travis Kelsey is very, very tempting this week. I don't usually like paying up for Kelsey because I find them to be inconsistent. However, uh, this matchup against the Cowboys, I have a hard time not wanting to pay up for him. I think he's going to be very active in this one. Yeah, and, you know, he was dominant uh, on Monday. And, you know, this is a, a Dallas defense that um, is 29th against opposing tight ends. I think t- Kelsey's absolutely going to feast. Um, so if you use one of those cheaper receivers we were just talking about, that, then there is a way to kind of springboard up and go get Kelsey at 7K, and I think I think he's my tight end one this week for sure. All right, now outside of him, you know, you're going to drop $700 down. You've got Ingram, Graham, Brait, and even Jason Witten I'm going to throw in this grouping as well because without Zeke, you know, I imagine Witten's another guy that's going to be in play a little bit. Yeah, like an extension so, of the run game type of thing. Yeah, deal. that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I think he has a lower upside than the other guys. To me, I'm looking at Graham being the best of this grouping if you don't want to pay up or if you want to get off the ownership of Kelsey. I think Ingram obviously will be integrated as he's, as he's been since the big injuries to the wide receivers. Everybody knows I love Cameron Bray, but to me, I think Jimmy Graham right now, he seems very locked in with Wilson. They're having a really good run. Washington, I think, is soft over the middle, and three straight games of 12 or more points. Uh, I feel good about Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I think Graham against that secondary definitely makes a lot of sense. It looks like he's over whatever ankle issue was bugging him earlier this week. Um, so he should be fine. Um, Ingram, the target volume, though, is, is sort of what, what tempts me. But at the same time, um, you know, just looking at the numbers, uh, the Rams have, have really been effective at shutting down opposing tight ends. Uh, so take, it, take of it what you will. But Ingram seeing like 19 targets over his, over his last two games. I think he's, he pushes for double digits again this week. Um, so I think Graham probably has a better touchdown upside, but I think Ingram – uh, like floor wise, I know he's gonna he's gonna push for for way more targets than Graham. So you know it's sort of a you know flip a coin between those two. I think both of them are viable for different reasons. Yeah, and if I'm the Rams, I, not only number one are they good against the tight end, but what else are you stopping? Yeah. You know, if you take Ingram out of this game, and I think opposing defenses need to realize, okay, look, stop this guy, make him beat you with Shepard and the rest of the remaining wide receiver core, make the running game beat you, which can't. And I think this is an easy game for the Rams to win coming off a bye. They've had a lot of time to prepare for them, so they should be pretty good. Uh, also on this uh, slate of tight end, we have to pay attention to Jack Doyle coming off a huge game. Now his price is suppressed despite the huge game because it was a tough matchup going into Houston. Now all of a sudden, you know, things are looking up. I think if I'm the Colts, I'm feeling good. I'm going into Houston. I have a chance for a W here. And they played tough last week. I don't expect them to be great, but Jack Doyle at 57, I can make a case for him with that target. It's all about volume, right? Volume, talent, that's what we're talking about. And so far, he's shown enough of both that I can get excited. We're talking about 11 targets. I'm sorry, seven targets, 11 targets, seven targets, 14 targets. That's a pretty steady diet right there. 
Yeah, no, that that definitely makes a ton of sense, and and it looks like he's kind of over that that uh, yips uh, factor, so uh, he can actually catch the ball again, which is obviously a nice nice uh, factor. Um, yeah, and going against Houston, maybe not as intimidating of of a matchup uh, now. I feel like Houston might be a little bit deflated uh, this week, so I think the Indianapolis pass catchers, uh, both the ones you mentioned uh, with Hilton or Doyle, uh, are in play. Um, I guess my my last tight end question for you is Jordan Reed's out. Uh, so Vernon Davis kind of uh, gets gets you know bumped up, I think. But at the same time, Seattle's really really good against tight ends. So I mean, how do you make what do you make of this? Is this a bit of a trap, or is this something that you you could still ride with? To me, it's a trap because of the matchups this week. Because Ingram, Evan, Brate all in this six K range. It's not like a huge savings. You're going to save what five hundred dollars just to go get Vernon Davis, who may be decent. I know yeah. he's played well at times, but that matchup is certainly it's not enough. If this was like a forty five hundred dollar tight end play, all right, you know I can you know potentially make that call there. But uh, I, I think that there's plenty to like there with Witten, Brate, Graham, Ingram. If you don't want Kelsey, even Jack Doyle at fifty seven, I think has a much higher floor and higher ceiling. And that's the thing, like Vernon Davis's ceiling is still not spectacular. He's a great play when Jordan Reed is out or a game-time decision and he's not playing and then all of a sudden Vernon Davis is available. That's when he's a good play. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, when he's priced like a normal low-end tight end, eh, when he's min-salary, that's when I can get involved and excited. It's amazing when you think about, too, you know, go back to this Houston thing. If Brian Hoyer maybe had just waited another 24 hours, he would have been the prettiest girl at the dance, wouldn't he? <laughs> I saw that tweet with the, with the excellent Christian Slater gift. You like that? You like that? Because I thought about it and I was like, wow, you know, just just one more day if he had held out, all of a sudden the tech, you know, the Texans would have been all over that, you know. But, but like, oh, maybe, baby, but we Hoyer, want you back. Just, maybe Hoyer's just like, you know what? I can just, I can go be Tom Brady's backup. That sounds okay. Well, I, I guess at a certain point you're like, look, I got another shot at a ring here. I can hang out, maybe go to, I mean, you, you, it's, I think he would have actually, you know, knowing the way these guys are, I think. Had Houston come knocking, you know, yesterday, he would have been there because he's familiar with the system and he's already been in the playoffs with them. You know, I know the the playoff was not pretty, but people forget that was DeAndre Hopkins' first big season, right? So all of a sudden that would have saved DeAndre Hopkins' value. And I think fantasy owners everywhere would have rejoiced this week had Hoyer been there. And he might have been a guy for 6K that I would say, okay, you throw Hoyer in there, he's had good He's he's not new to this offense or this playbook. He's not new to this personnel. It's like, you know, it's like riding a bicycle for him. All right, let's talk about uh, the defense here. Uh, Jacksonville top of the board at 53. We all know how good they've been. Eagles, obviously, against Osweiler will be very expensive and worth it. Uh, forget the Texans defense this week. I think this whole yeah. team, the air just went out of them in a big, big way. Seattle's in play at 5K, but i got to tell you, at 49, I'd rather have Arizona. If you want to be cheap on defense this week, I'm saying be very cheap because I think at 4K, I have a hard time believing the Indianapolis Colts can't get me eight points. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this is, we've been you know ripping on Tom Savage all you know all all the show here, and I'm I'm totally with it. So, uh, yeah, four thousand. So yeah, there. You know, what's what's more appealing that you know, and the idea of of Savage throwing a few interceptions or turning it over to Indianapolis, or you know. Would you use a, a Dallas Cowboys defense that, that hasn't been all that good and is going against a, a great offense, you know, for three hundred dollars more? Like, yeah, like the, the matchup here now, it, it's all different uh, because of the Watson absence. It changes so many different things. 
Um, so, yeah, if you want to punt defense, you could certainly uh, do worse than, than Indianapolis this week. And our perspectives changed a bit, too, uh, because our perspective, you know, week one, you know, we're killing Tom Savage, but that is the best defense in, in the world right now with Jacksonville. Sure. And they, they absolutely pwned him in week one. And, you know, he didn't really make it out of the first half. But that's something I think in retrospect, we look back and we go, okay, well, that defense is going around and put a beating on a lot of teams. Uh, in the middle range, I like New Orleans at 45. That defense has played well. They've gotten some points on defense as well lately. And against Tampa and James Winston, who's turned the ball over a ton, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Like, that's my, hey, you want to go up for a defense? There's your defense spot. I, I like that. Um, I also like Baltimore. It's a, it's a bit of a hit or miss in terms of its its point output, um, but I don't think that Tennessee's offense is nearly as good as people were anticipating. And uh, I know that Baltimore's you know sort of appeal is more turnover based. You know, they had turn, ten turnovers in the first two weeks. Um, had a couple of pick sixes against Miami. Um, I don't think Mariota necessarily makes that many mistakes, but I think that Baltimore keeps the score uh, low and potentially forces a turnover. So for 3,700, I think they're in play as well. All right, let's get to the bonus question. I know you're all waiting with bated breath. John McKechnie got on the board again this week. Let's go. It was close. It was close. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, not, let's be honest here. It was very close. The question last week was uh, who will have uh, more – what will be greater, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns' total points or um, Mitchell Trubisky's uh, pass – uh, completions. completions, right? Completions, not attempts, completions. If it was completions, then it might have been a different story. But uh, Mitchell Trubisky had 14, and the Cleveland Browns had 16 points. So, therefore, John McKechnie took the Browns. I took Trubisky. John McKechnie wins. So, now it is 6-4-1 on the bonus question uh, for the year. And today's bonus question is going to stick with the theme of the week, which has been the Deshaun Watson injury. So, John McKechnie, this week, do you like Tom Savage fantasy points or Colts defense fantasy points? Wow. Um, I expect them to be kind of close. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, I'm yeah, expecting this like is eight or nine from both of them. <laughs> you know what? I know it's, it's uh, ridiculous, but uh, let, let's go Tommy Savage. Tom Savage. So John McKechnie is going to take Tom Savage points. You know oh what? I'll attach my name to the other one because I'm a good sport. I, w- I, was, I was leaning towards Savage points, but, you know, who knows? Maybe the Colts get a couple, you know, defensive. T- maybe, a- boy, if there's a pick six, you know your Twitter is going to be blowing up. I'm going to be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my fingers will be moving like a, like a teenage girl. I'm going to be going so fast on that Twitter. On <laughs> the T-Mobile sidekick. Hey, hey, John. John, you see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some gifts of it. I'm gonna do all kinds of things in this pick six. But, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to get roasted. Uh, well, look, this is fun, and that's what fantasy is supposed to be, and that's <laughs> what we try to do here on the show. And you should play daily fantasy because it's fun as well. Um, any, any final parting thoughts here as we've officially crossed the uh, halfway point in the NFL season? I, I've, I've mentioned already that you know we're talking about the quarterbacks in play this week. Um, you know, between C.J. Beathard, between, you know, I'll throw Blake Bortles under the bus because any chance I can. you got Jacoby Brissett starting this week. You've got Cam Newton, who's been terrible. You've got uh, Drew Stanton. <laughs> You've got um, Jay Cutler. We've got Tom Savage. I mean, it is a complete disaster. I mean, what do we do here going forward? What's the NFL product at this point halfway through the year? 
I mean, a good question. You know, I mean, two of the you know brightest young stars with Luck and Watson now being out, and Rogers obviously. Um, yeah, it, we kind of need like Prescott and Wentz uh, to kind of carry like the you know the young quarterback brigade because the rest of it's been pretty bad or Winston banged up. So um, yeah, it's it's rough right now. Uh, but uh, if you if you still like football, Georgia Bulldogs are number one. So. <laughs> Up on that. Oh, and hear that. By the way, did you hear also that Papa John's was all pissy that their uh, their sales are down? They think their sales are down because the NFL ratings are down. I'm sure it's nothing to do with the, the way the pizza tastes. Well, right? yeah, and when they, and when they said that they, they like had like their lowest sales day ever, like the day after. So, like, oops, nicely done. Yeah, and and then there was a. <laughs> I think they got into like a Twitter battle between the DiGiorno and Pizza Hut and them, and they were all like throwing shade at Papa John's about their dipping sauces and what was in them and stuff. So, uh, note, note to self, don't get in a, in a Twitter war with fast food pizza. <laughs> now, yeah, DiGiorno will put you in a body bag, man. DiGiorno's <laughs> Well, DiGiorno's Italian, you know. Yeah. Hey, we're going to leave you wherever we find you. You know, that's, the, that's DiGiorno. <laughs> yeah, DiGiorno's from the neighborhood, huh? Oh, my God. All right. That'll do it for us. Thank God. I'm Joe Pizzapia. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. You can follow him at Johnny McKex. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.